gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are going to Santa Fe, the capital city of New Mexico, and we're going to be talking with Walt Weiss. Uh, you know what? Walt is celebrating over 25 years of innkeeping in Santa Fe uh, with not just one B&B, but two, El Farolito and Four Cachinas. And we're excited to talk about both inns and then what we can experience in spring um, this year in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So welcome back, Walt. How are you? I'm very, very good. Thank you. I'm excited about spring. How about you? <laughs> yes. As I w- was just saying that um, spending last week in New York City, it was all gray and cold and and uh, coming back to the Southwest, it was really wonderful to see sunshine. I know there's so, I mean, we're still at the, you know, we're at the, you know, we're still in winter, you know, so it is true, but there, we're in the Southwest again, and there's a difference in the sunlight and it is beautiful. If you have snow, it kind of goes away, but what's it, what's it, is the skiing happening in Santa Fe this year? The skiing this is great this year. The amount of snow has been good for pretty much all the ski areas. And even the one down by Albuquerque, uh, Sandia Peak. Um, oh, yeah. That one is is kind of on the edge of getting enough snow to open every year. But this year they've opened and and there's record amounts of snow um, at pretty much all of the ski areas in northern New Mexico. It, that's exciting. I mean, it's it's. I think also the desert itself wants that moisture and that retention of water. And I know it doesn't retain it that long because the sun whips it up and the, and the, you know, the lack of humidity dries it up. But um, is that, do you think you're going to have a good wildflower season in the desert this year? I think so, because, you know, we're going to get more rain from the storms that are in California right now. So in a couple of days, there'll be, um, passing through New Mexico. And um, so we we have a good amount of water this year. Um, Mm -hmm. So that'll be very much welcomed. Well, in Santa Fe, you have some beautiful garden areas like the Botanical Garden, which I really encourage people to go to. It's It's a small botanical garden, but it shows, you know, it's got art and the sculptures in there and the rose gardens and native plant gardens. I I love that. And then also the rail yard park. I was actually just talking about that on a podcast today about monarch butterflies, that this is a place where they took brown space that was literally dead space and, you know, just reimagined it and went for it and created a beautiful park and garden setting with so many roses. It feels like Santa Fe has a lot of roses. There's a lot of art and a lot of roses. (laughs) And actually lilacs too. Oh, oh, we have a lot of flowering fruit trees on our properties for our inns. We have a flowering pear. We have several varieties of flowering crab apple um, and flowering cherry. So um, they're not necessarily 
fruit producing trees, but they produce a lot of flowers and in the springtime it's it's actually very nice around That's here to beautiful. to see things come back to life. Mm. One thing um, also about Santa Fe that I appreciate is obviously it's an art community. It's like one of the top art communities in the world, right? Santa Fe. Not just yeah, the it's the second or third largest art market. And here it's very concentrated. There's literally hundreds of galleries. And then we have um, eight major museums, actually now nine, because in September, the new modern art museum opened up in the rail yard. And um, so, yeah, the art scene is very, very much a part of Santa Fe and very diverse. When we first moved here 25 years ago, plus, um, it was mostly Western art, Native American art. And now there's East European art. There's a lot of folk art. There's photography, glass art the diversity of art here, and of course, a lot of contemporary art is uh, much wider than than what it used to be. You know, that's the thing. When we went to Santa Fe, we went to um, like the Folk Art Museum, and you have contemporary art too. I mean, it's like a little bit of everything, but that Folk Art Museum blew my mind. I mean, and it's it's neat because it's all in one area, all the museums, and galleries and then you have the the downtown area too but that folk art museum i keep going back to that about how it just showed the arts of the world if you know you felt like you were in a global village you know and getting yes to know it's everything. not just um regional folk art it's definitely international mm-hmm. and it's um i would say it's probably the best folk art museum in the united states I I'd say so too. I mean it's and it and it it you know because sometimes people think of folk art and they think oh someone's just slapping paint on a chair or something. No, this this really shows tradition and cultures and beliefs and mythology and it just really makes it and I think that's something special about Santa Fe too is that there's so much tradition and international traditions in Santa Fe. You are multicultural for sure. I mean, I look at Louisiana as being very multicultural, but I think Santa Fe and New Mexico is like the second. You know, you guys are connected in that way with so many cultural cultures. I would say it's probably even more diverse than maybe, uh, um, you know, like New Orleans. The food scene here is very international. Um, There's a wide variety we don't have maybe maybe the one area that's a little bit lacking is in Asian food, uh, mm-hmm. although we do have some very good Asian restaurants. We don't have that many of them, but um, the food scene is almost as diverse as the art scene. Yeah, I think that's when you well, I think the arts bring in culinary arts is part of it. I, I even belong to a Facebook group on Santa Fe food. And it's crazy. I'm like Santa Fe. It's like you, you have so many good restaurants. It's like when you when someone checks into one of your inns, that's going to be actually the hardest thing is to figure out where to eat because there's so much, off, you know, offerings, you know, opportunity for good food. So is that one of the biggest questions you get as innkeepers is like, where should we eat today? Oh, yes. 
In fact, the whole food scene um, from each of our inns is there's such a wide variety of uh, restaurants. Everything from casual food trucks and some really good food trucks, mm-hmm. some James Beard nominated food trucks. Oh wow! All okay. the way up to your traditional fine dining restaurants, also James Beard nominated restaurants. I mean, um, well, and the Margarita Trail. Scene. I got to bring me? that up. The Margarita Trail. We can't leave that out. You have the Margarita Oh yes. Tra- <laughs> uh-huh. And there's <laughs> there's also um wineries, there are um you know um craft breweries, there are um uh, places that do, you know, spirits of a variety of types. So, um I mean, mm. when we talk about food, it's food and drink, it's very, very diverse. Okay, what about Frito Pie? I was thinking of you all because it was Pie Day the other day, and Frito Pie came up, and most people I know in Santa Fe were like, no, <laughs> no, don't do it. But it is kind of a thing, isn't it, to do? Like, you should do it once in your life. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's everything here from mom's home cooking all the way up to five-star fine dining, um, and everything in between. So mm-hmm. no matter what your budget is, you can definitely get decent <laughs> food here. And a Frito pie. That's and well, a Frito you guys, pie. And, and a Frito pie. I'm going to bring that up. But now let's talk about both your inns and, of course, with the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association. Um, I encourage people to go to the website NMB. <laughs> NMBBA. <laughs> Thank you. Um, go, go there, go there because you, you will be able to find a bed and breakfast no matter where you're going in New Mexico. And I think that's so great because you get a great overview of each, you know, in, and this is about a unique experience. And if you're going to go to New Mexico, New Mexico is about being unique and being and having integrity for the state and its history and culture and tradition and arts and natural landscape. So um, New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association, nmbba.org, go there, check it out. And the innkeepers really know their area. And that is going to be, you know, it's New Mexico true, right? With hashtag New Mexico true. We all talk about that and you're in the city different, but let's do an overview of each of your bed and breakfast, which you're saying you've been doing this for over 25 years, which is pretty impressive. Um, so let's start with El Farolito Bed and Breakfast. So everyone, you can go to farolito.com. That's F-A-R-O-L-I-T-O. And before you get into the end, tell everybody what Farolito means. Farolito means the small, well, it means literally little lantern um, mm-hmm. in Spanish, of course. And um, Farolitos are what a lot of people know as luminarias. Um the little bags with the candles in them um, placed out at Christmas time. And in Northern New Mexico, they're not known as luminarios. They're known as farolitos. Mm -hmm. Luminarios are actually bonfires that are um, lit um, along with the farolitos. And we are very close to Canyon Road within easy walking distance, which every Christmas is closed off to traffic and they light 
literally thousands of feralitos on walls and yards and walkways. And then they also have uh, about every other block, a bonfire in the middle of the street. And people gather around and sing uh, Christmas songs and have their pets and their kids. And um, there's usually some musicians out there, but it is very unique and very special. Um, and that that's where the name of the inn came from. Mm. Um, it was actually named through a community contest. Oh, wow. Years before we bought it, the previous owners who created the El Ferlito as an inn, um, they ran a community contest with the newspaper, and that was the name that was selected. And remember when they used to have, uh, there was a hotel chain that said, we leave the light on for you. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Well, that was the kind of the concept of the Ferolito because it's a light. Oh, you're uh, leaving the Ferolito on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love it. So tell us a little bit about the style of the inn going on your websites. It just, it is so, I, I think both your inns going on both websites, um, they're quintessential Southwestern. Like, yes, are they are. It. They um, are Adobe style architecture, El Ferrolito, multiple buildings built around a, a compound. And um, all the rooms have outside entrances and um, they have wood-burning kiva fireplaces in most of the rooms. And then one, one suite, we have a gas fireplace. So they're very southwestern. They're full of um, locally made furniture. And um, we do a lot of custom sewing of like our, our coverlets and the textiles that are in the rooms, the pillows and things. Um, and then there's oh, a lot cool. of original art mm. in both of our inns. The mm. El Ferrolito property has eight rooms and the Forcachinas property has six. They're both within easy walking distance of the plaza area, the rail yard area, and mm. close to the Capitol, and also within easy walking distance of Canyon Road. So wow. you're in a great location with either property and literally uh, walking distance to the museums, galleries, spas. Um, That's excellent. Because you really, you know, especially if you're driving a long way or been on a road trip, you just want to park. You don't want to have to get back in the car. You know what I mean? Even if it's an Uber picking you up, you just want to be able to take a walk and Shake off the road. You know what I mean? It's like have exactly. a cocktail and shake And that's it what off. most people do. Mm -hmm. They'll they park their car and where can we walk and what restaurants are within walking distance. And there's a wide variety of choices. Yeah, it's funny because I keep saying downtown Santa Fe, but it's really it is the plaza area that's pretty much the downtown, right? When you think downtown. Like right. The, the plaza area, Canyon Road, and now the rail yard area. Those Areas are the three areas that are easily within walking distance of each of our inns. And the only area that you would maybe want to visit close into the city that you would need to take a car would be Museum Hill, mm. which are there are four museums up there, including the Folk Art Museum that you just previously mentioned. Mm. And, and the Capitol building itself, 
I recommend people go into that because the artwork inside that anytime people talk to me about going to Santa Fe, like go in the Capitol building so you can see the representation of our artists across the, the state inside the Capitol building, which is, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's probably there. one of the finest art collections of any state Capitol. Mm. I mean, the art collection is, is um, actually more impressive in my opinion than the building itself. The building was built oh, in yeah. the sixties. So it's very nice and modern and, and a lot of use of, of, um, you know, stone and wood. Uh, so architecturally, it's very nice. But what really stands out is the art collection inside the Capitol. There's a lot of locally made furniture um, and just quite a wide variety of art, Native American, Western, uh, contemporary. There's mm. tapestries. There's there's all kinds of nice sculptures. Um, yeah, it's it's an outstanding collection. And the other thing that's impressive about the Capitol is it's very um, informal. You can go all the way up to the governor's office on the fourth floor. There's a gallery right off the governor's office, as well as the whole place basically is a gallery. But um, it definitely is worth seeing. Yeah, I I agree. And and just just walking, like you said, and then there's the Palace of the Governors. Um, that's also a really unique thing too, right? For people to see the local indigenous people's work of art, their jewelry and, and art. That's another Right. Thing. That's an excellent place to get uh, Native American art because there's, um, it's called the Museum Vendors Program. And the Native Americans who sell their work there vie for those locations. This The uh, items they sell is made by them or their family. It's not imported. Um, so it's it's a place that you can be sure of the authenticity of the items mm-hmm. that you purchase. Mm-hmm. And they're very, um, um, they know their work. We have a lot of guests that will have purchased something years ago and they'll wear it when they go down there. And then an artist will recognize the bracelet or the piece of jewelry, they say, oh yeah, my brother made that or my my mother's, that's her work or whatever. They recognize their own work years after, you know, so you know that it's authentic. Mm. That's it, It's amazing. And even just the building itself where they're at um, is very historic in military history. And um, I was reading that Ben-Hur stayed there. And I mean, the, he, the guy who wrote Ben-Hur stayed there. Now I've got his name out of my head, but he wrote Ben-Hur while being stationed. Right. Oh, it's well, the oldest continuously used governmental building in the United States is the Palace of the Governors. Oh, I didn't know that. Now I'm going to, I have to do a thing on this Ben-Hur thing because I just, I couldn't believe it was written in Santa Fe. And there's a lot of, of literary history in Santa Fe as well as artists, right? That's the other thing. You know, a lot of people immediately think of Georgia O'Keeffe, of course, and then all the different artists that have been there. But then there's also all the Native American art, like we were talking about at the Palace of the Governors and the museum downtown or in the plaza, I should say. But I also want to say the literary arts were also really big in Santa Fe from what I was reading. Yeah, the arts in general, it's not only visual arts, but performing arts. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the plaza in summer, the concerts. 
Oh my gosh, that's some you have really good musicians performing in the plaza. Like and it's a free concert for people, right? As I yes. recall, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. And Santa Fe has its own symphony and and um chamber music festival and of course the world's world class opera in the summer. Um and oh. um there's jazz festivals, film festivals. There's all a wide variety of activities. If if you don't find something that interests you, as my mom used to say, you would be dead from the middle both ways. <laughs> so really, but it is like, I think Santa Fe is the celebration of the arts the city. And then when you stay in a bed and breakfast, that really ties in with that feeling of it all because you know you're you're getting served breakfast which is the culinary arts you're staying in something architecturally beautiful and it's it's a curated experience if you will right don't you think when you stay in a bed and breakfast that goes with a city that really celebrates the arts exactly and you also get insights of things to see and do from the proprietors of the inns um they're generally very knowledgeable like um, I mean, shopping is one of the big things in Santa Fe as well. And so people, whether they're shopping for fine art or they're shopping for just clothes or or some mementos to take back to wherever they live. Um, and we know the stores and where they can find things. Um, so that's another benefit of staying in uh, a bed and breakfast mm. is you'll get the uh, knowledge of the proprietors as to um, how to spend your time or whatever you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of outdoor activities too in Santa Fe. Sometimes we we kind of overlook that, but there's access to all kinds of hiking, mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Of course, in the winter, we have downhill skiing. We also have snowshoeing, um, cross-country skiing, all within short distance of Oh, my gosh, real Bay. short. Yeah, and you've got also, like, if people are interested in historic routes, you've got Route 66, you've got the uh, Santa Fe National Historic Trail in your backyard as well, which I always, I always tell people, like, when you do a road trip, maybe follow one of those highways or, the, or those historic trails and see what you discover along them. You know, it's just a, it's a cool way to follow a trail follow a route instead of just, you know, going on the interstate. <laughs> well, a lot of people, um, especially if they don't necessarily want to rent a car, they'll fly into Albuquerque. They'll maybe take the rail runner train up from Albuquerque to Santa oh. Fe. They can then walk from there or take an Uber to our inn. Um, wow. And you can do a vacation without renting a car. And mm. there's not that many places, especially in the West, where you can do that. Right. But and that's really life on is... footprint, too. That's a light, you know, environmentally. It's a, it's sustainable environmentally right. when you think about it, you know. And there are there are people, you know, especially if you come from um, New York City or maybe Washington, D.C., a big city or Boston or whatever, that um, you're not, you know, you do most of your walking or you use public transportation and they want to come and visit the west and there's not too many places where you can 
do and get around um, without having a car. But Santa mm-hmm. Fe definitely is is one of those places. Mm-hmm. Then if you want to do um, day trips to surrounding areas like Taos or to Bandelier National Monument, there are plenty of guide services that will take you um, and that further enhances your visit as well as if you have a, a local guide taking you to places like Bandelier or the Puye Cliff Dwellings or, um, mm. you know, Tsingkawe, um, which is part of Bandelier. Those are all within a short uh, distance of Santa Fe. And if you didn't have a car, you can uh, hire a, a guide service. Um, there, there are ample number of those that will um, take you to places that you want to go. I, I think guide services are fantastic. They give you the insight, the history. We did a walking food tour of Santa Fe, and it really just gave an overview of the history of the city. That, And then you're tasting the food that connected with the history and the different cultures. It was absolutely fantastic. I wanted to ask, and there's rickshaws too, by the way. I remember there was a rickshaw because one of the yes. couples, um, there was an elderly lady and she couldn't do all the walking, even though it was a walking tour. So they put her on a rickshaw and we were trying to run and jog next to the rickshaw and that didn't work very well. But, you know, it's a, hey, we kept having margaritas on, on the way. So that was getting interesting. But but the Los Alamos has to be kind of, has to be kind of an interesting thing right now that, you know, with Oppenheimer being out as, as a film, are you seeing people more curious about going to Los Alamos from, oh, from yes. Santa Fe? Yes. And um, that film was, um, you know, a lot of times when they produce a movie, uh, half of the filming is done in studios and the other half is maybe done on site. Well, that Oppenheimer movie, 90% of it was produced in Los Alamos. It was produced oh, on site. And so, yes, it's really piqued people's interest in visiting Los Alamos and learning about the whole Manhattan Project. And um, it even impacted Santa Fe because Santa Fe was the last known destination since Los Alamos was not on the map. Um, hmm. um Santa Fe, 109 East Palace was the address where most of the scientists reported to. And then they took them up to Los Alamos and their their friends and family didn't really know where they were because it was all secretive. Uh, but yes, there's a lot of interest in, in that because of the movie. Yeah, I, I think sometimes movies are good for that. You know, they really do pique the interest. And again, that goes with the arts of Santa Fe. So one thing we didn't do is talk about the four kachinas. So for those who are not, you know, who do not know much about the Southwest yet, because we all hope we they get to Santa Fe and experience the Southwest, the kachina. Tell everybody about the kachina dolls and, and that name, because you've got good names for your inns here. So both your inns. Well, the Four Kachinas was named actually by the people who created it as an inn, and originally it was only four rooms. Now it's six rooms, um, but we kept the name uh, when we took it over. And Kachinas are spirit um, beings um, made in the form of, we call them dolls. I don't think that the Native Americans really refer them uh, to them as dolls. They're they're spirits 
and they um, they they're available kind of as a fine art form mm -hmm. of Native American work, but they're also um, spiritual items um, for certain tribes. The Hopi have a very detailed Kachina belief system and the Zuni and various other tribes um, have Kachinas and have a Kachina belief system. Um, and um, so our, our inn was named after that because originally each room was named after a Kachina. But when we took it over, we found that a lot of people didn't realize what a Kachina was, let alone yeah. the name yeah, um, it got a little bit complicated. So we kept the overall name, but the rooms are, there are several that have Native American decor. Um, we have one room that is the Kachina room. So it's decorated with Kachinas from the Hopi and Zuni tribes and also some Navajo made Kachinas as well as Navajo um, weavings. And then we have several, uh, we have a room that's uh, decorated with Mexican art because of the history of New Mexico and Spanish colonial art. And then we have a couple of rooms that are in a historic house that is part of the inn. And those rooms are done in the vintage of the house, which was built in 1910 oh, by wow. the same people that built the cathedral, the main cathedral in no Santa way. Fe. They were Italian stonemasons. And once they finished the cathedral, they built some residential homes. And one of those homes is part of the Four Kachinas Inn property. Mm. Wow, that's amazing history, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Really? And the inn is very close to the state capitol building, basically across the street from it. So mm. um, there are historic homes. Again, Santa Fe is very unique in that in most state capitals, next to the state capitol building are large office buildings housing, you know, various governmental agencies. Well, in Santa Fe, next to the capitol, there's a lot of residential areas with small single story or maybe two story homes. Mm -hmm. So it's much smaller scale than maybe, a, you know, capital like in Sacramento, California or um, other large cities. Um, so it's all very walkable and um, very traditional architecture. Mm. Territorial style architecture is what the state capitol buildings are. And then there's um, Pueblo Revival style architecture. That's the adobe structures with the rounded corners and smooth um, kind of soft I love that. walls and things and uh, flat roofs usually. Then there's some homes that were built, um, you know, in the um, early 1900s that are brick homes that are considered um, more like bungalow style architecture. So there's a nice variety. Um, That's so what's so fascinating about Santa Fe is that is that, you know, these different eras and then at the same time, the different cultures coming together. So it's a true blend. That's correct. Right. I like that. Um, I've got to bring up breakfast. So tell us a little bit about breakfast that we could get at either end. 
Are they similar? And what are do you stick with? We do a full breakfast at each property. Yeah, and there there are dining rooms at each property, and um, of course, if you want to take your breakfast to your room, you're certainly welcome to do that. But we have communal areas for serving breakfast, both inside and outside, and we serve um, most of the the items of food that we serve. Um, we make on site. We do on our own baking. Um, yeah. We cook all of our entrees. Um, we do a really nice fresh fruit plate. Has a whole variety, ten to twelve varieties of fresh fruit on it. We do that year round. Wow. Um, so through the winter, you get berries, you get um, citrus, um, melons, you know, grapes, variety. Um, and then we do some traditional Southwestern dishes, um, as well as more traditional um, uh, breakfast items uh, like eggs Florentine. We do. Uh, we just started doing shakshuka, um, which is more of a Middle Eastern breakfast dish, oh. uh, where you cook the egg um, in a tomato. Bell pepper um, mm. sauce and it's nicely spiced, served in a small, like a little um, small plate for each each guest. And then we do, you know, breakfast chicken enchiladas, and um, we specialize mm-hmm. in um, catering to people's dietary restrictions. Mm-hmm. That's another beauty about about bed and breakfast is that. You know, if you are allergic to something or have a, you know, a sensitivity that B&Bs on the whole really work with you. Exactly. Um, Mm. We do vegan, we do gluten-free, we do dairy-free for some people, um, kind of whatever, whatever. Um, If they let us know ahead of time, we can certainly uh, make an effort to accommodate their dietary restrictions. Mm. That's a, I love that about bed and breakfast. Well, I'm excited. I need to get back to Santa Fe. Nancy and I need to come, to, you know, touring back through. It's such a vibrant city and so much, like you said, everything from outdoor recreation to history and, you know, the arts. Uh, it, it just really is an amazing experience. And I think bed and breakfast really are what make it. It's just that cohesive thing, you know, as an experience for people. Before you go, I do want to ask you, what got you into innkeeping? I mean, you've been doing this for over 25 years. Are you tired yet? Because <laughs> it's a lot of work. I just want to tell people innkeeping is hard, hard work. But I think it's rewarding because, you know, I've innkeeper friends always say, you know, I have the world at my breakfast table, you know? Well, it is. And it's very, um, it's very rewarding to um, serve people and to, hear their story and learn what their interests are. Um, I learn as much from our guests as probably they learn from me and our staff. Um, So it's definitely um, an interesting, and Santa Fe is an interesting place um, to teach people about or to to, um, get them acquainted with. As most, most people they know, as the, you know, they grew up, they learned about colonial history, um, the British and all that um, in in history classes. But the um, 
aspects, the Spanish um, coming into New Mexico, um, a lot of times that wasn't that hmm. covered in in their uh, and learning about. I mean, the British. I mean, the Santa Fe used to have a, a motto. Santa Fe was a city twenty years before Plymouth Rock, just to emphasize the fact that the Spanish oh, yeah, it's the were first here. capital. Isn't it the first capital city? It's the oldest capital and it's the second oldest city in the u.s yeah saint augustine is the first oldest city the right oldest and city. both cities yeah. were um occupied or or started up by spanish spanish yeah that's right saint augustine and DeSoto and and all of that yeah yeah right wow so yeah. um and and as you mentioned um the architecture is unique the the Food is unique, um, so it really gives people a different um, understanding of the history in the United States mm-hmm. um, from, yeah. you know, from the Southwest and the old Southwest. Um, it's not Phoenix. This is, you know, a place that traces their ancestry back to Spain mm-hmm. uh, through Mexico but um, it's very Spanish. And that's part of why I love the Santa Fe trail history too. Is it like the merch? It's like an, a merchant highway, but you know, and then one time it was one way, then it became almost like a two lane historic trail. And you've got to think about people going by wagon, people going by foot, by horse. Um, it was even used as the military in the military at points, you know? So the Santa Fe trail, I mean, it's just such a, huge part of our history and even about how the the westward expansion which you know a lot of times it's that's some negative history too but it is part of history and those roots i mean it's it's also kind of a royal road i think too when you think about exactly um Mm -hmm. and then next well in a couple of years they'll be celebrating the 100th anniversary of route 66 isn't that cool which was a part of um you know, as part went through Santa Fe. Um, in the 30s, they bypassed Santa Fe, but but um, it was well. New Mexico, in general, is a uh, influenced heavily by Route 66. Um, so that'll all be um, renewed or, or reviewed, and and there's special celebrations being planned for that event that yeah and everyone deal. albuquerque is part of that um big time and there's at ends like vodka mansion i know that are right right over route 66 and i think bobcat inn in santa fe too so again nmbba.org is a website so plan your festivities now because i know when route 66 celebrates its 100th anniversary it's going to be huge and people need to get their bookings done early. Right. Don't, don't wait. And you right. have big, big events in Santa Fe. And I know like the feasts and the Pueblos uh, when they have their big events, like don't wait on your bookings. <laughs> right. And the summer is, is particularly busy. Uh, June, July, August, September, October. Those are the heavily booked months and you have, Chamber Music Festival, you have um, the various art festivals, Indian Market, Spanish Market, 
uh, international folk art market all going on in those months. And then you have this, the opera, two, two months of um, major opera uh, for the United States, probably the best opera, summer opera session in the country. Um, so yes, and there's a lot going on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It is good to have you back on the show. Walt, it's been a little while since we had you on the show. And everyone, again, uh, the websites for Walt's Bed and Breakfast, go to fourkachinas.com. That's F-O-U-R, fourkachinas.com. And also go to farolito.com and nmbba.org. But all those websites are linked in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook or listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever, um, it's all linked up there. But thank you so much for joining us, Walt, and happy spring, happy end of winter, spring, and summer. (laughs) Thank you very much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org.